Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 10th of June. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has arrived in Australia, becoming the first foreign leader to meet our new Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, on home soil. The pair had an informal dinner in Sydney last night and today we'll catch up for more serious talks with deportation policy, climate change and Pacific security top of the agenda. Professor Mark Kenny from ANU says there's strong ties between the two countries. Cultural, government, to government, people to people and economic relationship and of course very strong tourism relationship as well and, and, and quite a strong flow of people across the Tasman. So there are a whole range of ways in which Australia and New Zealand are, um, are brothers or brother and sister. Australians are being assured cheaper power bills could be on the way as the federal government shifts its focus to renewable energy to address our ongoing gas crisis. It follows emergency talks between the federal energy minister and his counterparts this week. Chris Bowen has told the ABC changes are on the way. Renewable energy is the cheapest form of energy and that includes when you include and count transmission and storage. It's a myth perpetrated by some on the right and I'm disappointed to see it still being perpetrated by the new leader of the opposition that somehow renewable energy is expensive. It is the cheapest form of energy. Those eligible for COVID booster shots has expanded further, now including some children aged between 12 and 15. Atagi has updated its advice urging the immunocompromised, those living with a disability or a serious health condition between the ages of 12 and 15, are now eligible for a third vaccine from next week. Vice President of the AMA, Dr Chris Moy, says it's an important step. It's a Pfizer one that's been recommended at this stage. It's, it's still not approved for all children because of the lack of evidence at this moment in time, but it's an important step as we head into winter to make sure that those who are more vulnerable are protected. Meantime, WA's workplace vaccine mandates are no longer in force for some industries, but the rule still applies for hospital, aged care and disability care staff. COVID-positive people will also still be required to follow strict protocols, including isolating, testing and wearing masks. Meantime, the Northern Territory will scrap its worker vaccine mandates from the 16th of June. So too will the public health emergency. The Howard Springs quarantine facility will also cease operations. And a very emotional day today for the Tamil family who is finally returning home. The family of four will return to Bilawila on bridging visas today after four years of uncertainty. Family friend Bronwyn Dendal says she can't wait to give them a big welcome home. But it almost doesn't feel real. We've been pushing for this for so long um, that I think, you know, until I've got them in my arms, it, it may not sink in that it's really happening. It, I get teary just thinking about the journey that, that we've all had. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to New South Wales and a twist in the case of an 11-year-old boy who was found after disappearing in Sydney's northwest. His dad has been arrested over an alleged drug lab. Our reporter, Sasha Barbagat, has the details from Sydney. That's right, Tasha. Massive search operation kicked off on Wednesday afternoon when Christopher Wilson didn't return home from school. He was located by a member of the public the next morning after spending the night in freezing temperatures in Annan Grove. Police say they went to tell his dad the good news when they allegedly discovered a hydroponic setup inside a locked room at his home. Officers set up a crime scene and arrested the 28-year-old at the scene. He's now assisting police with their 
inquiries. And in WA, where there's a warning out for young people amid an increasing number of sextortion scams. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. Yeah, that's right, Tash. A spike in sextortion scams has sparked a warning from WA Police and Consumer Protection. Teenagers and young adults are being targeted on social media, particularly on Snapchat and Instagram. So far this year, there have been 15 reports with six people losing about $2,000. Consumer Protection Commissioner Gary Newcomb says it's a concerning trend. Scammers are using fake profiles and they're tricking people into uh, sending them sexually explicit videos and photographs and of course what happens is as soon as the scammers get hold of that they contact the person, threaten to release them or publish them unless some money is paid. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. The fallout continues, of course, from the increase in the official cash rate this week with the CBA now predicting the overheated housing market will certainly take a big hit, predicting house prices will fall by 18%. Tash, good morning. They are big numbers, aren't they? And for a society who's used to kind of assuming that house prices don't fall, this might be something of a wake-up call. As you say, a very overheated market. Also worth saying, if and when they do fall 18%, that'll still be less than the gain in 2021 alone. So it's not exactly going to be uh, a seismic shift unless... Of course, you bought a house in recent times. And of course, if you're in a situation where rising interest rates do make it hard for you to pay back that mortgage, you do have to sell. So CBA belling the cat on the property market, it makes logical sense. Mathematically, when rates go up, assets should be worth less. We all know that. Borrowing power is less, all those things. But yeah, when you see that number, almost a 20% fall, and that's from the top, not from this point here, although we're almost at the top still, uh, it does suggest the next 12 or 18 months could be a tough time if you own a property. Conversely, of course, a good time if you're a young person trying to get into the property market for the first time. And Scott, the fallout continues even with GDP forecasts being Mm. slashed over interest rates. These are huge. So CBA, so part of the housing price uh, forecast from CBA, they had originally thought that interest rates would go to 1.6%. This is the RBA's cash rate in the middle of next year. They're now saying 2.1%. And by the end of 2022, so quicker and higher than they had previously forecast. At the same time, they're downgrading the GDP growth forecast. All the big banks are doing this, by the way. The CBA's numbers have gone down from 4.7% this year to 3.5%. And next year, down from 3 to 2.1%. So these are big deals. And I guess it should make sense. Again, it's one of those things that mathematically, the RBA is putting up rates to try to slow the economy. That's part of what they're trying to do. But it's just one of those reminders that we are sailing into some pretty tough waters. It's not exactly news for anybody. We know where we are. But those numbers make it a lot more stark when they're put out by some of the big bank economists. There's been a lot of commentary this week, Scott, that the RBA got it wrong. Did they get it wrong? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think it's hard to say they didn't get it wrong, quite honestly. Um, and look, you know, they're always going to get it wrong. No one's perfect. You can't predict these things with, with any sort of certainty. But yeah, two things. They Firstly, they should have moved ahead of the data rather than waiting for it. By the time the data's here, the horse has bolted, right? Literally the old shutting the gate after the horse has bolted. They used to look forward and say, here's what we think will happen. We'll move just in case and we'll move just ahead of the information. By waiting this long, they're now desperately paying catch up. The problem, of course, is this is a supply shock. Oil prices are going up around the world, wheat prices, supply chain issues. And so part of the challenge is how do you fix interest rates, how do you fix inflation, sorry, with interest rates when it's not a demand problem, but it's a shortage problem right around the world. It's going to be a very, very tough time, not only for the RBA, but for central banks right around the world. Yeah, challenging times ahead indeed. Scott, thanks so much and happy Friday. Thanks, Tash. Happy Friday.
Sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett Concussion is back in the spotlight in both the AFL and NRL. Let's start with the AFL and Port Adelaide is under fire for allowing two players to return to the field against the Tigers last night after that sickening head clash. Yeah, good morning, Tash. That's right. This was late in the game as well, which raises eyebrows even more because it was on the line. Uh, the power launching a comeback against the Tigers last night. They'd come from 26 points down, uh, very close there in the last quarter when uh, Tom Jonas and Zach Butters came together in a marking contest, clashed heads, got up, were both a bit dazed and uh, and bloodied as well. They returned to the field. The Medi sub had already activated. So obviously you're going to question uh, whether that was legitimate, if it had been in the first quarter, would they still have done the same thing? Their coach, Ken Hinckley, passionately defended his club doctor. So if anyone's got a challenge on that and they feel more qualified than Mark Fisher, who's a 25-year AFL doctor, feel free. But I think you want to be really, really sure that you're not trying to umpire or make some calls from outside the fence when you have no knowledge. And he also won the backing of Tigers coach Damien Harwick, a former Port assistant himself, who says that they would have done the right thing. I don't think there's a sport in the world that looks after their players as well as AFL. So from our point of view, you know, I've known those doctors for many, many years at Port Adelaide and they're you know, like our guys, they're all first class and they never put a player at risk. And we'll see how the AFL responds to that. Yeah, absolutely, Brett. Now to New South Wales, state of origin, it's been cleared after one of its stars was left on wobbly fit in the opening tackle, talking about head clashes of origin one. Yeah, Isaiah uh, Yo was left dazed after a head clash with uh, Josh Papali'i, uh, the Maroons enforcer. That was the very first collision in that uh, incredible uh, way to kick off the Origin Series uh, on Wednesday night at Accor Stadium. And he looked a bit wobbly. The doctor came over, uh, assessed him on the field and thought he didn't need to come off for an HIA. Well, the NRL has given that uh, the tick of approval. In terms of the Maroons' other tactics, well, the Blues were watching that closely and feel that they didn't react quick enough and they'll be trying to push the refs as far as they can in Game 2 in Perth on the last Sunday night in June and here is their star of the night, Jack Whiten. Yeah, we never stop trying. Uh, they come away with the two, obviously. There's a few things we can fix, which we're going to have to fix uh, to be competitive in the next game. Round 14 begins in Townsville tonight. The Cowboys will be without their origin stars against the Dragons. They've updated their team sheets. Ruben Cotter, Jeremiah Nanai get the night off. Val Holmes has been named in the reserves, Tash. And there's an injury concern, Brett, for an Aussie fast bowler over in Sri Lanka. Yeah, Mitchell Stark actually sliced his finger open on his shoe in the first T20. He will miss the start of the one day as Jai Richardson has been added to the squad. But uh, Cricket Australia is confident that Stark will be fit for the Test Series. Brett, thank you. Thank you, Tash. So David Attenborough has been knighted for the second time, recognised for his services to television and conservation. The 96-year-old broadcaster has been awarded the royal honour by fellow environmentalist Prince Charles at Windsor Castle. He was originally knighted by Queen Elizabeth in 1985. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend and we'll see you next week. Listener.